Teach me about the Great Lakes. Teach me about the Great Lakes. Welcome back to Teach Me About the Great Lakes, a twice-monthly podcast in which I, a Great Lakes novice, ask people who are smarter and harder working than I am to teach me all about the Great Lakes. My name is Stuart Carlton, and I know a lot about emailing someone who says they will edit for you and giving them the <laughs> paperwork to fill out and then having them ghost you. <laughs> I know a lot and a lot about that. Two times. Two times. And then having to edit the podcast yourself, but I don't no. know a lot about the Great Lakes, and that is the point of this year's show. And this is a special one. This is our annual, a little bit late uh, this year, but our annual Lakeys. Woo. Awards, and I'm joined today by the one, the only, and the special Megan Lake Lover Gun. Yes. Hello, everybody. All right. We are excited to get into the Lakey. So, for those who are new, the Lakeys are our annual award show. Uh, we call them quite possibly not the least prestigious uh, Great Lakes podcast associated award show that there is. <laughs> and so, we ask uh, people in our professional and personal networks yes. to submit nominations. So many nominations. So uh, many. Across a variety of categories. Just send us your nominations. And then what we're going to do is we're going to look at the nominations and we're going to pick a leaky winner. I mean, yes. that's it. Yeah. That's and it. We, that's it. That's the whole thing. And we do this when we do it because it's really – think of it like a celebration. It's mm-hmm. not us choosing the best stuff that even if that's possible, which it may or may not be, uh, we're not the official arbiters of quality. No, 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 no. 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 Uh, instead, uh, it's a couple – it's a celebration of this cool work. Every year we do the Lakeys. We find out neat stuff. We end up featuring quite a number of Lakey nominees on the show uh, either directly or indirectly. And then um, on top of that, uh, one thing I kind of like is it shows how random award ceremonies mm-hmm. are because award ceremonies are random. Yeah. <laughs> and so by making the random explicit, or uh, I think that there's some value in that too because uh, if award ceremonies are designed to pick the best of something, yeah, it's a little bit goofy because whatever. But Yeah, and who gets to decide what's yeah. best? There's so many – Exactly. So many things. Although really the answer is we get to decide this. Year, so. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. At least for the Lakeys. <laughs> At least for the Lakeys. Yes. Okay. And so the very first um, the very first category this year is Great Lakes News Event of the Year. Great Lakes News Event of the Year. Yes. And uh, so what we say is uh, what are your uh, – this could be good news or bad news. We just want to know what you think is the Great Lakes News Event of the Year. And so uh, the way we will do this is we'll go through and we'll feature one or two nominations. If some, We had hundreds of nominations. Um, and, and from those hundreds of nominations, if something came up a couple of times, we might mention it. Um, and if not, uh, you know, we might just mention stuff that sort of sticks out to us, but we can't mention every nominee. No. Just can't do we that. don't have enough time. Don't it's like a 30 time. minute podcast. Uh, it's we at least at most, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting your kids dressed for the snow. You know, it's 45 minutes of dressing for eight minutes of snow. Yeah. 90 minutes of prep and trying to get the roadcaster yeah. to work. Anyway. Awesome. All right. Anyway. So, um, So one thing that was nominated, Michigan regulators have approved a $500 million pipeline uh, tunnel project um, linking two great lakes. This is part of the Line 5. Yeah. This is part of the Line 5 thing. And we actually had an episode about that where we spoke with Eric Anderson, um, who then was with NOAA Great Lakes Environmental Research – or GLARL, the Great Lakes Environmental Research Lab. Now he's with the Colorado School of Mines. Eric is a colleague and a friend. Um, That was teaching about the Great Lakes episode 34. But uh, so what happened? Let me see if I can load up the story here. The links to all of the nominations that we're mentioning will be in the show notes. There it is. So there's an oil pipeline, uh, Enbridge Line 5, it's called, and it runs, runs under the uh, Mackinac Straits. Mm-hmm. And it's a big deal because if there's an oil spill in the area, um, you know, it's a real problem for the Great Lakes. And so this has been very contentious, whether they're going to be permitted to continue to run that line. It's called Line 5. The company is Enbridge, I believe is the name mm-hmm. of the company. And um, – or whether they should not be permitted. And then this rapidly gets into like international energy agreements and stuff. It's extremely complicated. But so with this, uh, the Michigan officials, what they did was they said, we're going to just encase a protective tunnel around this because uh, – or a casing rather because the um, the oil pipeline itself is pretty old and maybe a little bit leaky um, and, and certainly uh, something that you know is potentially dangerous. And so what they're doing is uh, going to encase some of that. And so that's really interesting. I hadn't mm-hmm. – believe it or not. So this just happened on December 1st. First is when this was announced, and I uh, I had missed this article. I guess it was over the winter holidays, but that's that's interesting. And so what's cool is like uh, it's a protective measure, right? Mm-hmm. A little sheath around the. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, the 
danger side is, or what some people are saying is, well, you know, but we're just making it easier to continue our addiction to fossil fuels and yeah. fossil fuels. Uh, it's really complicated, but also people need energy, uh, and there's a lot a of jobs and stuff. Weird balance yeah. to try to have. Yeah, but that is that is a good, uh, big piece of of Great Lakes news. So that is a worthy Lakey nominee. Definitely, I was tied. In my in oh, my. Oh, so this might. I'm just featuring one or two. Oh, this might not be my pick. Oh, in fact, it's not my pick. Well, let me tell you the which ones that I'm featuring because okay. I just one of them is a Lake Huron shipwreck. I'm fascinated by shipwrecks. They're yeah. just they have really good stories. They answer questions. They just so much history, and then they're preserved in this underwater water casing. Um, just because I can't remember what she said. It was on an episode with our lovely friends from Thunder Bay. Yeah. Um, Hall of Famer, Stephanie Gondola. Hall of Famer, thank you. Um, Stephanie was telling us it's some property in the water that helps, like, preserve these shipwrecks. Yeah. Um, But it just, like, this shipwreck just answered a lot of questions about these people that were on this ship, and they just— they didn't know what happened, and now they've got some answers. Yep, and so they found the, the shipwreck on mm-hmm. Hamilton. Yep. Yes. It is— Um, They found it on— Well, maybe they didn't find it on March 1st, but they announced it on March 1st, and it was the third most popular story in the world. In the world. So— At the AP News site. That's big. Yeah. Big Great Lakes news. Oh, yes. Yep. And, I mean, it, it brings a lot of attention and history— Or, sorry, a lot of— It brings a lot of attention to the rich maritime history that's happening in the Great Lakes. So I think it's wonderful. Um. My other one that I had was for Shedd Aquarium. So they were nominated um, to be a Mission Blue Hope Spot. And so uh, a Mission Blue Hope Spot is a special place identified as critical to the health of oceans and aquatic life. Um, And so the Great Lakes joined 151 other Hope Spots recognized across the globe. And it is the first and only freshwater hope spot. Yeah, that's really neat to see the way the freshwater uh, gets integrated into this. That's something um, our director, Thomas Hook, he had a student who was giving a talk yesterday comparing like the Great Lakes to maritime systems Mm -hmm. or the fishes in there. And and a cool thing is that like the Great Lakes are in many ways, it's like oceans, right? Yeah. And and so it's neat to see them get recognized as such. Uh, And then especially such a, you know, Shed is such a a great place. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Anyway, yes. So that is great. The great, uh, the Great Lakes hotspots. So I think looking at this, I'll be honest, one of these, one of these is most teaching about the Great Lakes oriented. Um, even though we've talked about several of these topics, we are fundamentally a show that is about being a train wreck while yes. discussing <laughs> shipwrecks. Yes. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think we're going to have to give the Lakey this time. Are you okay if we give yes. the Lakey this time to the discovery of the ship, the Ironton? I Ironton. would love that. Congratulations. Yes. Congrats. Discovery. Yes. No, super fantastic. I even wrote a song about the Ironton. Did you? I did. Are you going to uh, I will not it? put it in here okay. because we've been trying for a year to have a draft of shipwreck. Um, uh, Great Lakes Shipwrecks. And we're going to record that this spring, hopefully. But okay. we had to re-juggle it around thanks to some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that will be the world debut, well, the second debut after I played <laughs> it at the retreat last year, uh, of the, the song about the Iron Tint. I so, can't so wait. look forward to that. I'm so excited. I, too, am excited uh, to re-record the vocal because it was bad even by my very low <laughs> standards. <laughs> you have so many talents, Stuart. Well, it's incredible. So Anyway, great name. All right. So uh, congrats. Yeah. Congrats to the Ironton. Uh, yes. Finally, some good news related yes. to the Ironton, I would say. All right. Uh, next up is the Great Lakes research finding Ooh, of the year. Research. Yeah. So we're looking. Oops. I mistyped this on my nomination form, but it says we're looking for journal articles that were accepted or became available in 2023, not 2022. My apologies to uh, everybody. Great Lakes research finding of the year. Well... The one I thought was probably the most fascinating um, was that big shout out to Dr. Christy Rumacall, who was the interim Wisconsin Sea Grant director um, at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. They came up with, and now I've lost my spot, they came up with a way to track PFAS. And so the PFAS was moving from this industry spill or from industry um, through the groundwater to the Green Bay, and they were able to track the movement, a plume of PFAS, and that just blew my mind. A plume of PFAS. A plume of PFAS. Yeah, that was nice. And it's, it's a great uh, example of using research, right, mm-hmm. uh, to make a difference. It's not just research. For, research for research sake is important, but, but it's nice to see some application. Yeah. Yeah, PFAS was also uh, uh, the new um, 
excuse me, PFAS was also sort of the subject of another research paper that we ended up talking about a lot. And at some point, we're going to talk about it on Ask Dr. Fish, um, but we haven't yet. And this is, hold on. And this is uh, by Nadia Barbo and co-authors. The the article was Environmental Research, published in March of last year. It was called Locally Caught Freshwater Fish Across the United States Are Likely a Significant Source of Exposure to PFOS and Other Perfluorinated Compounds. And so this article caused quite a stir because they had some um, very uh, striking findings in there. Um, what they did was they tested fish, or they used EPA fish testing data and found that um, PFAS and PFOS levels were really high. Um, and like eating one one fish meal could be the same as like ingesting, uh, you know, or drinking a whole month's worth of water. Yeah. But uh, the the problem, I mean, so, so it's good and that's good to know. Uh, but the a lot of people were saying, well, but it's, they don't provide enough context to mm-hmm. compare fish eating with eating, say, beef or mm-hmm. chicken or anything else. You know, is that everywhere? And it's not necessarily – that wasn't their aim, right? Yeah. But, but as the story took off, um, that context was often missing. Uh, and so, so – And we that's keep, information people want to know. It is. And it's important. And, and we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to best address this on, on something like – on this show or on Ask Dr. Fish, especially because we're not experts in, in PFAS and mm-hmm. PFOS. And uh, uh, anyway, we're going to address it at some point. Um, not that everybody's waiting for us to. <laughs> we think it's important to talk about. Um, but, but anyway, so yeah, more PFAS. PFAS, a lot of PFAS. In fact, that's kind of the story of a lot of what um, is happening, I think, this month is is PFAS. That's good. Another one I wanted to point out was kind of a cool one-two uh, of papers by my friend uh, and colleague Tim Campbell. Let me find these. Tim and his colleagues, Brett Shaw and Evelyn Hamm, and some other people too, but they seem to be the, the most consistent across this. They're looking at um, this idea of Buddhist life release rituals and invasive species. I, I got to be careful talking around this. I'm not a Buddhist. Yeah. I'm not very knowledgeable, right? But but my understanding, I guess, is that um, releasing live organisms into the environment, Buddhists do this for religious reasons, and it's called a life release. Um, and that's a potential pathway for invasive introductions. And so um, uh, Tim did some interviews, I think, back in 2021, or it was published in 2021, knowing academic publishing cycles. It means he probably did the interviews in 1984. <laughs> uh, so he... It's it some really interesting qualitative interviews to understand what was happening. And then they also did uh, talk to managers um, about the potential Buddhist life release practices. And that was part of a second one. And so these two papers together are kind of um, – they haven't had a big uh, impact exactly. Uh, I'll just read what the nominator said. Um, I like them as a pair because I think they're a good example of talking to a community to find out what they need and then talking to resource managers to understand what can be done to meet community needs in a sustainable way. Uh, and I think that's true. Um, I think that's absolutely true. It's really interesting. And then they say, um, uh, now we just need someone to do the outreach and program development. Yeah. So what I like about that is it ends the way most papers do, which is we need more money. Uh, yes. So There's say. more work to be done. Yes, because work, work never done. Road never ends. So that's good. I don't think that's our, our research finding of the year. Um, but I just thought that was an interesting paper that I want to It is highlight. very interesting. Yeah. So for our fighting of the year, are we going PFOS plume? Let's go with PFOS plume. PFOS plume. Uh, congrats to Chris Yermacall, who's the interim director of Wisconsin Sea Grant. Who I do worry we're getting Wisconsin heavy. Yes, but that means that our friends in Wisconsin are listening to the podcast and they are submitting nominations. That's so true. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Michigan, where are you? Come on, Ohio. <laughs> you want to be a Great Lake Champlain? How about you submit a Lake <laughs> Award? <laughs> Sorry, only a very good lake. <laughs> yes, yes, even that. Um, fantastic. All right, now we're moving into uh, – now we're starting to get to the important categories. That's the thing. We're going Great Lakes Animal of the Year. Ooh. Great Lakes Animal of the Year. Uh, now, in past years – let's go and see what has won in past years just as an FYI. Great Lakes Animal of the Year. So last year, it was Monty and Rose. Monty and Rose, it was an RIP, if you remember, um, because Monty and Rose are no longer with us. Um, So in memoriam, Great Lakes Animal of the Year. And, uh, oh, my goodness, it was two years ago, it was the piping plovers. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of plover, mm-hmm. a whole a lot, lot of plover. plover. And they might come up again soon. But plovers are a great Great Lakes story because it's a really charismatic, they're cute mm-hmm. animals. So There's a lot of science and conservation around them, and it's something that is uh, unique and interesting. So that's why. But, uh, yeah, so Great Lakes Animal of the Year. This year, we had a number of nominations. And I think uh, actually really good. at first I thought it was very obvious, but then a, a second nomination came through. And I said, well, this is more – 
complicated okay. than I realized. So what do you got? Great Lakes Animal of the Year. So I have what I thought was really neat. And this, I mean, this ties back to how our oceans, how our marine systems and our freshwater systems are actually integrated. Um, so the one that I thought was really neat is the, and I know that I'm going to have to butcher this, the key. So is the Kai the or Corrigonis Kai is a deep water Cisco and is native to um, Lake Ontario, Lake Huron, Michigan, and Superior. Um, they think it's extirpated in Huron and Ontario, and it's definitely endangered in Lake Michigan. But it just, like, they're found in these deep, clear, cold, open waters, like, way, like, 121 feet deep. And maybe even more abundant, like, 600 feet deep down. Like, that just, what survives down there? Yeah, no kidding. And it's so, it's so cold. <laughs> so, I think, that's, I think that's cool. For a freshwater fish, yeah. you only hear about things like that in the ocean. Yeah. No, that is very cool. That depth and, and it's neat that it's, they thought it was extirpated, extirpated, excuse me, which means extinct in like a specific area. And then they, they found them. And, and so that's good. Um, that is certainly an animal. And Cisco was actually, <laughs> the, Cisco was a runner up uh, last year. Cisco was a runner up. Sweet. Right? See, we've got yeah. a trend. We do have a trend. Uh, another one that is a popular nominee that is, um, unfortunately, the number one defender of this nominee is not recording with us this year. And that yeah. is the Lake Sturgeon. Mm-hmm. Lake Sturgeon is uh, always the bridesmaid, I think. Never the bride. Never Maybe the this bride. year. <laughs> Maybe this year. But the thing is, is that this year um, they spotted flamingos mm-hmm. in Lake Michigan. Uh, in Port Washington. They didn't spot just it one really cool. north of Milwaukee. Uh, and um, so uh, that's a rare find, right? They mm-hmm. found them, uh, five of them in Lake Michigan in Port Washington, Wisconsin, as I said, just north of Milwaukee. Uh, and Audubon, Florida thinks that what happened was that they were flying between Cuba and the Yucatan and they got diverted by Hurricane Idalia. Now, I'm going to draw a line. I want you to get out a map and draw a line between Cuba and the Yucatan Wisconsin's not like <laughs> diverted is maybe a little bit of an understatement. Um, but anyway, anytime you see flamingos, that's super rare, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime you see flamingos, uh, that is good. And I used to live in Florida and I, I didn't see flamingos there, but but that is cool. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, that's cool. And I was all ready to nominate the flamingo. And a the, lot of people went out to see them. Yeah. Everywhere that, because they were in what, like Kentucky or something? Yeah, I they were everywhere. I think that's them in Indiana, actually. Mm-hmm. Didn't Angie Archer? Yes. Yeah. Somewhere down south she went to go and yeah. drive to see them. So Flamingo, maybe. But then I also saw Rosie Spoonbill, <gasps> which I used to see in Florida a lot. One of my favorite species of birds. Again, that is beautiful. We are working under Foley's assumption with the birds. Yes. Um, but uh, that said, uh, Rosate spoonbills are very cool birds, and they found one. This article says it's the first time it was spotted in Wisconsin in 178 years. 178 years. Uh, look at that. So that is super cool. Um, and uh, they aren't sure why that one could be, but it is probably uh, connected also to weather, right? Yeah. It's just a weird weather year in what might increasingly be a weird weather year. And uh, so the reason that I like these two as potential Lakey nominees is, A, they're goofy, and that's fine, <laughs> uh, and it's a little bit weird, but B, it, it sort of connects this idea, right, of um, uh, like uh, that we're not in like a static time where things the same, things are changing, mm-hmm. and, and strange things are happening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a good – these may or may not be directly climate-related, but like this sort of weird stuff is something that's going to be a bigger and bigger part of, of what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Rosie Eight Spoonbills is, is, is my choice, but I feel like I've picked a couple. So we'll let you, no, you I, make the final I call. I think I want to go with the Rosie Eight Spoonbill. Let's do it. It's beautiful. It is. I mean, it's a lot more pretty than the Cisco is, Yeah. but that is not why yeah. I'm choosing. No, but I mean it. <laughs> Could help. It does. Uh, help. I mean, it never hurts, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that is true. Oh yeah, a couple. And yeah, a lot of people. Um, Lake Sturgeon got a lot of nominees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lake Sturgeon, you can be a runner-up, and we'll make that uh, Cisco a runner-up. Yeah. All right. Well, congrats to the Roseate Spoonbill, and of course, to our runners-up, the Lake Sturgeon and the Cisco. If you want Lake Sturgeon to win, Carolyn, my recommendation is you appear <laughs> on the podcast. All right. Now another big one. Another big one is the Great Lakes non-animal. Of the year, the Great Lakes non-animal of the year. Uh, in 2021, the winner was uh, uh, beach grass. Oh, yeah, and the runner-up was pudding stones, which are kind of these cool little rocky things. Not yeah. a delicious 
dessert? No, okay. no, no. It does sound that way, though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Last year, Great Lakes Animal of the Year was, or non-animal of the year, excuse me, was the uh, sailing vessel Inland Seas. Interesting. Yeah. Which, um, what they do is, uh, it's a schooner. That's the schooner that they take the kids yes. out on the lakes. And Rini and I went and recorded that episode, which you can find at teachingaboutthegreatlakes.com slash uh, that episode number. They did a presentation at Iagler last year. It's yes. fascinating what they get to do with those Yeah. Kids. And we got to go on a boat. So that was cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. It was awesome. Anyway, so very worthy in Great Lakes non-animal <laughs> But not nominated this year. Um, and I didn't get to go on. Oh, I did get to go on. Hmm. Anyway, we'll see. But we have other <laughs> nominees. Um, oh, I am looking at last year's. All right. Uh, what are the nominees? So one of the ones that I really like, and this may be my winner, um, is diatoms. I love diatoms. I use, well, I use diatomaceous earth. Um, what even is diatomaceous earth? It is diatomaceous earth um, is made from fossilized remains of tiny aquatic organisms called diatoms. It's just what we do with diatomaceous earth is we put it to help clean um, aquariums. Got it. And so diatoms are just like, they're, they're so cool. Um, but our friends um, from University of Minnesota Duluth, Ewan Reevy said that it's the diatoms that make the lake, the Great Lakes great. And so... They just, they're very, we need them. So their skeletons are made of a natural substance called silica. And over a long period of time, diatoms accumulate at the sediment or accumulate in the sediment of rivers and streams and lakes and oceans. And so they are mine. This is how we get to diatomaceous earth. They just, it's cool stuff. All right, cool. Well, diatoms, that is neat. Um, uh, and yeah, that it, interesting. The nominee said, um, "What was that quote again?" It was, um, "Is the diatoms that make the Great Lakes great?" It's the diatom that makes the Great Lakes great," says Ewan uh, Ewan Reevy of the University of Minnesota Duluth. Fantastic! All right. Uh, oh, another nominee uh, that came up was microplastics. Yeah, yeah, they could be the non-animal of the year every year, but yeah. this is true. I'm not feeling it. I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not feeling no. microplastics this but year. What is cool, if you all are looking for, uh, if you're educators, um, looking for a neat way to teach about microplastics in your classroom, we, I guess our friends at Wisconsin Sea Grant, whoop, whoop, Wisconsin, um, they put together a really cool plastic panic kit. So you can see how microplastics are, how they get filtered through the system going through a wastewater treatment plant um, and teach it in your classroom. And so, Oh, very cool. Reach yeah. out to the reach out to the Seagull people or Seagull, the Center for Great Lakes Literacy, yeah. or us at Illinois Indiana Senior, and we can get you a kit. Yeah, reach out to Megan. She'll get you hooked up. She'll yeah. get you, it's a C-G-L-L dot org. Yes. Right, Seagull. One of the many, many Seagulls. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, yeah, we're not going microplastics. I don't want to go Hydrilla. That was another nominee. Um, you know, let's do diatoms. Let's do diatoms. Do diatoms. Ba-ba! All right. We need, we need a, a soundy thing. We don't have a soundy thing. All right. Good. All right. They just get more intense from here. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right. The Great Lakes Sandwich <laughs> Sandwich of the Year. We had some nominees this time. There are really good nominations in here. Yeah. We had a Smoked Lake Whitefish on Pumpernickel. Mm. That's that's intense. That's a lot of Very flavor. specific. Yeah. It's a lot of flavor going on in that sandwich. Yes, it is. Yeah. The more general would be the fried whitefish well, for sure. One of my favorite nominations was anything that takes two hands to eat, the loose definition of a sandwich, while on a paddleboard, on Lake Superior, on a glass move day with only a loon or two for company. Yes. So thank you. That is a strong one. That is a very strong <laughs> one. And then here's another one uh, using a potentially loose definition of sandwich. Um, and that is a hot dog with Fruit Loops on it. <laughs> Ew. And this, this is and macaroni and cheese. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. This has come up. Um, and uh, this nominee has sent, oh, and uh, has sent a, a picture, which we will include in the show notes. Show notes. Yes. Uh, and it's at a Google photo site. And it Are those gives too? the name of the person who shared the link. And that was our good friend and lakey runner-up, Tim Campbell. <laughs> Tim, this does not win. No. No. This loses. We've never had somebody lose the lakey no. before. But the hot dog with macaroni and cheese and Fruit Loops and maybe Doritos, that is our first <laughs> lakey loser. You know what would make it a winner? If it had a Gobi dog on if it. If it had a Gobi dog on yeah. it. And maybe n- not Fruit Loops and, and macaroni. <laughs> 
cheese. That's right. disgusting. Thanks, yeah. Tim. I think we're going. I like this one. I think we'll go. Anything that takes two hands to eat <laughs> while on a paddleboard on Lake Superior on a glass smooth day with only a loon or two for company. Thank you, birds. Yeah, and I will use this opportunity to insert the loon call right here, which is something else. I'm thinking of a different bird. I don't know what loons sound like. Well, listen to the episode. All right. Okay. <laughs> I will do that. Oh, I took that app off my phone. Did I? Otherwise, I could play it for us. It takes up a lot of space. If you all are looking to, I guess, YouTube, you could do it on YouTube. Yeah. There's a really cool app called Merlin Bird ID. Yeah. And you can you can find calls or identify, like you can set record. And it'll identify the birds that are calling in yep. your area. Oh, so you're, you're... Use it for groups. I'm not a bird nerd. No, it's okay to be a bird nerd. I just mean, have you have you ever really thought about who makes that app and what it's doing? No. Yeah. What's it doing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you're making the assumption birds are real. If they're not, if they're not... It could be spies. Yeah, that's the thing. Secret spies. Yeah. This is true. Merlin is a strong app. All right, Great Lakes <laughs> Donut of the Year. Last, Oh, wait, we forgot to go over the winners. Great Lakes Sandwich of the Year. I'll do that and cut it in unless I forget. Uh, Great Lakes Sandwich of the Year, 2021. Um, did we not have it? No, there it is. Tom Coombs' Homemade Garden Fresh BLT. Mm, that sounds delicious. Yeah, ABC 57. Um, he's a weather forecaster yeah, there in South Bend. Yes, anyway, uh, 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 Homemade Garden Fresh BLT. And the runner-up... Um, was the concept of a fish sandwich apparently. Okay. <laughs> I have to go back and listen to the episode. That's that's the quote. And then there was a new memoriam that year because we had somebody, Cameron Camden Bird, excuse me, he came on and talked about some Great Lakes history stuff that was really cool. He had a sandwich named after him at Fifth Frame Brewing in Rochester, New York. Cool. I went to look it up because it was going to be the Lakey winner. Mm-hmm. Don't make it anymore. Oh. So that was in memoriam along with Monty and Rose. Oh. <laughs> 2022. Uh, 2022 Great Lakes Sandwich of the Year, Falafel Pita. Okay, sure. And the uh, runner-up was the Whitefish Sandwich from Le Cheneau Culinary School. Falafel Pita, I was outvoted by Hope and Carol. Mm, that's exactly that sounds, what it was. That sounds that. about right. I mean, I don't mind a Falafel Pita, but but uh, absurd. They're delicious. Yeah, they are delicious. Okay. <laughs> Great Lakes Donut of the Year is our next category. This one was big. Um there were some really good, tasty-sounding yeah. ones. Well, hold on. Let me do the, the old yes, winners. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Um, uh, the winner in 2021 was Strange Matter Coffee Company. They have a bunch of donuts there. And the runner-up was Tim Hortons. Timmy's, of course. Uh, the Great Lakes Donut of the Year in uh, 2022. Oh, yes. Pumpkin and Cider Donuts from Denny Jenny's Farm Stand in Dexter, Michigan. That just sounds nice. And we, we chose that one because it was like a real Great Lakes thing. It was a fall thing. It was, mm-hmm. it was contextual to a season. And it's that. very Midwestern. Yeah. No, that was very super. Midwestern. Yeah. Very Midwestern. Excellent. And then a, a Long John from Benison's in Evans, <laughs> Illinois. Was included because the person who gave me that recommendation then called me desperately saying that he, he I had to delete the recommendation <laughs> because this person worked for the federal government and they were concerned that it would come off as them like making a government recommendation <laughs> for a uh, donut stand. So that was the runner up uh, uh, last year. Um, but I recommend the Long John from Benison's in Evanston, Illinois. The reason I know is because I got one when we nice. were in Evanston for the uh, Great Lakes Secret. Network oh, meeting. sweet. Yes. Okay. What do we got this year? Donut of the year. Okay. So I was going to say Uncle Mike Sea Salt and Caramel Kringle until I read that it's not a donut, but it's in the family. But if it's not a donut, it's not a donut. Not a donut. It's not you a, can't yeah. say that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Might as well nominate Lake Sturgeon. Right. for donut of the year. <laughs> so I chose, I chose the giant cinnamon rolls um, with a hole cut out in the middle, which makes it a donut because the hole is cut out in the middle. <laughs> Oh, you can't do this. That that's what makes a donut. It is dough with the with the hole missing. It's a cinnamon roll. <laughs> they even say it's a cinnamon roll. You just you can't do this. Can't. You can't what, what, The other one. The why is it an Uncle Mike? See. Also not a donut. 
Because I don't know what a Kringle is. <laughs> it's not. A, I don't either. I know it's, it's not, a, not donut. a donut. But a cinnamon roll with a hole out of the middle is definitely a donut. All right, we need to discuss this further. Uh, that's okay. We'll have a future episode in which we we uh, decide what donuts are. And well, what we'll bring on an expert. We'll bring on an expert. Yeah. All right. That's uh, and so uh, the other big popular nominee was a chocolate cake donut with cherry frosting at Cops and Donuts in Alpena, Michigan. We have to make a road trip for Alpena. A lot of people recommend things in Alpena. Yeah, that's where the Thunder Bay National uh, Marine. Yes, we, we gotta, gotta go diving, get some donuts. All right. So, are we really going giant cinnamon roll? It's the size of your head. It is the size of your head. All right. I'm going to Google this right now. Hilltop Restaurant. And you pronounce that. Lands Township? Mm-hmm. Is that right? <laughs> not Anybody's if, Not if it's French. Lands? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Hilltop Restaurant. Yeah, like, give, me, give me your menu. I want to see your donut. I want to see a donut. Oh, it only works if they have pictures. But surely they'll have pictures if it's the size of your head. Everyone will want to see that. That is a sizable cinnamon roll. Is it? It's a fairly sizable cinnamon roll. They don't... No. That can't be right. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to text you a picture right now. Okay. <laughs> this is not a donut, guys. <laughs> I see. I can see the roll in the middle of it. Well, they, you have to cut it out. That's the point. In order to make it a donut. Oh, my gosh. That said, if that picture, though, the one I texted you, yeah, there that... might be a little uh, forced perspective thing, mm-hmm. right? Like in The Hobbit. But if not, <laughs> that... It is the, the size of this child's head, yes. Yeah. Home of the famous sweet cinnamon roll. I feel duped. You feel duped. Well, in that case, the Lakey Award winner for <laughs> Donut of the Year is the Chocolate Cake Donut with cherry frosting at Cops and Donuts in Alpena, Michigan. The runner-up <laughs> will be a series of dupes. Yes. <laughs> what is life? Excellent. All right. This next one, oh, important, Science Podcast of the Year. Ooh. Science Podcast of the Year. We originally had, I think we had regular and non-science podcasts. We combined those, though. So let me see. No, no. Science Podcast. Uh, oh, yes. Introduced one in 2021 from our friends in Wisconsin. Sea Grant Ologies, which everybody loves. Ooh, uh, we love ologies. Yes. That was runner-up in 2021. 2022, uh, The Water We Swim In by the people who brought you Introduced uh, by Bonnie Willison and Holly uh, Jama, who were on our show to talk about it. That was good. Uh, the runner-up was Lakes Chat, the Alliance for the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Not the Alliance, but Lakes Chat is gone. Oh. One of the many podcasts we have left in our dust. <laughs> but uh, that was a runner-up. That was good. Uh, this year, I want to point out a couple of uh, – there's one Midwestern-oriented podcast. that's not science, but I was enjoying it for a while. So, Megan, one of the things about me is I have trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, trouble falling asleep. I'm actually – I'm a solid faller sleeper. Mm-hmm. Very good. Among the best. Um, <laughs> but when I wake up, I'm totally hosed. Mm-hmm. And if I wake up at 2.30, it's like, hey, I'm up. And so for a while, I was like trying to listen to podcasts mm-hmm. um, uh, to go to bed, uh, which isn't maybe perfect, but that's okay. Uh, and I found this podcast called um, Northwoods Baseball Sleep Radio. Okay. All right. And this is a fake baseball game. <laughs> Somebody calling a fake baseball game um, set in like this fictitious Midwestern league. Mm-hmm. And they have teams and players and fake ads and this everything. This sounds very nerdy. Oh, yeah. And it's got like a, it's got like static, like it's coming in poorly over the radio. Oh, my gosh. It was perfect for falling back asleep. And go find it out at sleepbaseball.com. Hmm. And um, it, it anyway, so and it's produced by a guy named uh, Mr. King, I think. Uh yeah, uh, fans call it Baseball Radio ASMR, and uh, it's super fantastic. And I'll also link to a New Yorker article called The Rapture of Listening to a Fake Baseball Game. Which is <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, they have all kind of, like I said, fake teams like the Big Rapids Timbers, the uh, Baraboo Bombers. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so this is not a science podcast, but it is Great Lakes oriented. So, I like that. Uh, yeah, you got to go uh, go and listen to that. All right. And then uh, we had, I had a one that also was nominated. But uh, we will get to that one. Was there a great la- or a science podcast? Excuse me, that stuck out to you. I do have one. Um, it's this one that's called "Who Smarted," Who Smarted? and they say that it is the funniest podcast, the most <laughs> hilarious podcast that adults and children can listen to together. It combines science and history and all the good things. Anyway, okay, so the episodes they talk about um, what's the Monopoly game based on? Yeah. Um, what's paint made out of? Is it true that elephants never forget? These things that people really want to know, yeah. but 
no one ever really has the answers to. They answer to it. They yeah. answer. They and these are bite size too. They're like, you know, uh, 5, 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. depending on one. Yeah, this was actually the nominee that I was bringing regardless of the audience because my <laughs> son has ingested every who smarted. Oh, this I year. love that. And so I asked him, I asked him this morning, my eight year old kid, I said, give me the top three facts that you learned on who smarted. Yeah. And so he gave them to me. And uh, we'll see if there's a theme to these. Ooh. All right. Well, the first one. Um, and I'm going to just read these verbatim as he gave okay. them to me. Basketball was invented by, and this is a quote, some weirdo in a gym. Well, fact. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if who is smarted they called said? it that or that was his, right? <laughs> this is what you remember. Couldn't tell you. This is right. Um, here we go. Uh, cows fart 300 times a day. Really? It's according to my son, according to who smarted. And um, the last one, last one is uh, this is number one, right? So, mm-hmm. the, right. Uh, koalas poop 400 times a day. Okay. It's <laughs> a lot of poop. It's a lot of poop. I mean, what else do they do? Yeah. So, the, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. They're constantly eating. They've got yeah. to get all that food out. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, anyway, so that is, uh, a potential science podcast yeah. of the year nominee. Another one I wanted to mention. Um, and in fact, that one will likely be our winner. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, our friends in Wisconsin, they do the best podcasting, like I, as far as I know, in the in the Sea Grant Network. Like they mm-hmm. just have the most most diverse types of shows. And they have a new one called Fish Dish, Ooh. Um, which is uh, – it's, it's a couple years old now. But I, I just wanted to point that out um, as one. What else might be on there that people mentioned? Crowd Science. Um, BBC produced it. And the person that submitted it said that they must have a huge travel budget. Um, listener questions are answered by the experts with an entertaining host. Oh, that's excellent. I'll have to listen to crowd science. And we I need, love travel stuff. Yeah, I love travel budgets specifically. We need to make sure that we get a travel budget. Yes. Okay. We have all these places that we need to go try donuts and sandwiches. Yep. And we got nothing in terms of travel budget. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to work on that. Well, then, um, and then uh, Wisconsin Water News is another one from Wisconsin Sea Grant. That is great. So are you comfortable going with Who Smarted, though? Yes. As nominated by? Yes. Okay, great. And our runner-up, um, let's go Wisconsin Water News. Thanks, Wisconsin Water News. Yeah. We so, appreciate it. Yeah, we sure do. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So the next is the wild card. We let people nominate a category. And then a winner. Uh, was there one that stuck out to you? Yes, I loved. Um, so Michigan Sea Grant came up with a social media graphic for Halloween and it's called Meet the Haunted Homes. Homes is an acronym for all the lakes. Um, so you've got Lake Boo Pierger, um, <laughs> Lake Wichigan, <laughs> Lake Horon, <No. laughs> Lake Onscario, and then Lake Fury. Lake Fury. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, that is cute. <laughs> all right. So that wins our, um, our uh, I guess we'll call that category the, uh, the Halloween social media graphic of the year? Yes. All right. Well, congratulations to Michigan Sea Grant for winning that. Congratulations, friend. Uh, yeah. That'll be our wild card um, of the day. And uh, let's see. Great. Next category is the uh, Great Lakes Titus of the year. Actually, yes. the Great Lakes Titus of the year. And so someone wrote in and wrote this about Titus. So Titus Heilheimer, um, as you probably know him, is one of our doctor's fish. And uh, so that is excellent. And, um, you know, Titus is amazing. He's mm-hmm. as good at anyone is communicating science. Uh, he does videos from the field, usually of fish having sex, but it's still videos. <laughs> um, he, you know, points people to important papers. He's a passionate advocate for the Great Lakes. He really is. Um, and he's, you know, he's on our show. And he even called in to ask Dr. Fish video style from a boat. Wow. In the middle of, I think it was a Fox River or something like oh, that. Oh, I love that. It's dedication. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And um, let's see. Let's read. Someone actually nominated Titus for the fishery specialist of the year. We had a Great Lakes Titus of the year category. So we thought. But uh, so <laughs> Dr. Titus Eilheimer, also known as Dr. Fish, as he approaches his 11th year at Sea Grant, he has said the word fish about, oh my gosh, 8,542,039,231 times in his career. Incredible. It's very specific. Yes. Too. And he's answered 7,321 questions on all things freshwater fish. Um, he answers each of those with a lot of fish. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done the math, but it's, it's a lot. Um. And uh, it's time to recognize Titus for his accomplishments and his contributions to Great Lakes fish. Throughout the years, he's given numerous presentations. He's posted thousands of fish and Great Lakes-related social media posts. He served as a local expert. He's taught hundreds of children about fish ecology. 
He's published reports, served on dozens of committees. He's received several grants, and he's served as a mentor to so, so many people. He's dissected dozens of fish for science, a couple more for pleasure. I added that in. Uh, he's made blog posts and cooking videos about how to prepare Great Lakes fish. He was even featured as the local Santa Claus <laughs> who comes in by boat in Manitowoc, complete with a billboard to prove it. I love it. And so it's tight the tightest gets the recognition he so deserves as a local Great Lakes hero. And I mean, this is true. Which is, which is why he is a runner-up for Great Lakes Titus of the Year. The winner of Great Lakes Titus of the Year is Titus Bakery, which has locations in Webinon, Westfield, and uh, Atlanta, Indiana. And so I see the signs for Titus Bakery when I drive to Indianapolis, and they always mm-hmm. have the nicest-looking donuts. Truly a deserving Great Lakes Titus of the Year. So congrats to Titus Bakery uh, on your lake. Sounds like a road trip. Yeah. And that is the second year in a row Titus has been runner-up to Great Lakes Titus of the Year. <laughs> So close. So close. So Sorry, close. Titus. He almost got it. He almost you got it. You do great it. work, though. Yeah. But donuts are it's delicious. A, it's a very competitive category. <laughs> it really is. All right. So now, two left. <laughs> the Great Lakes Communication Product of the Year. Oh, fun. Yes. Uh, there were a lot of these nominated, right? Um, yes, they were. Uh, Fish This was nominated, um, which which is great. Uh, Lake Champlain Sea Grant, they um, their watershed education team uh, has this really nice looking curriculum. It's amazing. Yes, it is beautifully produced. Um, it's standards aligned in a way that is really easy to understand. Mm-hmm. It's a very it's on um, watershed monitoring, stream monitoring rather, and uh, how to use that as as a science. And you could adapt that to Great Lakes or, or a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's primarily aimed at middle school students. So this is really worth checking out. We'll have a link to it. Um, it's not Great Lakes oriented exactly, right? So I'm nervous to give it a lakey because of that, because it's uh, it's Lake Champlain, which is a very good lake. Very, it's rock solid lake. Rock solid lake. <laughs> yeah. Among, among the better lakes, but not exactly a great lake, uh, but it's good. Another nominee I saw that I wanted to talk it's about. It's a really great tool. It's a really great tool. It's yeah. just, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, Looks so nice. I know. <laughs> I'm like, dang it. <laughs> Never liked a, a publication so much. <laughs> the uh, Lake Superior State University has a fish cam in their Center for Freshwater Research. That's really cool. Love the fish cam. Here's the problem. It's always off. Yeah. I was So I looked at that earlier and I was like, oh, this is going to be what I choose. And then yeah. it was like, live stream not working. No. Yeah. No, I was watching. Though. I went to visit their aquaculture lab or their fish lab. And they, have, they actually have a huge sturgeon there, too. It's oh, really nice. Cool. But they had the fish cam. Play, and a, 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 a salmon swam by with a big um, lamprey sucking what? on it. Yes. And I'd never seen that before. It was just on the side right in front of the fish cam. And it, so it's super cool. That's I love amazing. their fish cam. I think you have to be on and working, though, to, to qualify for a lakey. Yeah. yeah. That puts you down there a little bit. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it happens. All right. So what do you got? I think, I mean, I think the education tool, but I'm very biased being okay. an education the person. The point of this is we are biased. You are an education this person. That's true. All right. Let's, uh, let's do it. Okay. Teach me about many types of lakes, great or otherwise. <laughs> well, congrats. And we'll do fish cam as a, as a runner up. Yeah. Uh, yep. We'll do fish cam as a runner up. And I also want to make a runner up. There's a really nice, um, a really nice story map type thing mm-hmm. um, on piping plovers. Map. Yeah, yeah, and and it's cool. It's got uh, pictures and stories. It's compelling. It's very well done. We'll put a link to that too, and we may talk about that later in the year when it gets to be plover season. But we'll see. Did we talk about what the communication runners up or the past communications were? No, we didn't. So let me uh, let me do that. Uh, she does these really cool TikTok videos. Oh, fun. Um, a Great Lakes stuff. Uh, we, of course, are not allowed to use TikTok yes. in Purdue. But uh, we were in 2021, and so I saw them, and they were good. <laughs> um, and the Healthy Headwaters Lab, that's Kat Febria's lab, um, uh, does really great work. And so that was – really they, awesome. Yep. And uh, – oh, another runner-up was the Michigan Sea Grant Great Lakes Basin map. This is that – Ooh, they, I love the map. Yes, I love that map too. And, and the Great Lakes Basin is always worth thinking about because it's really interesting how different states have different amount – um, of space in the basin. Like in Indiana, we yeah. have very little, right? And it's super critical in certain ways. In fact, we're going to meet a next episode. We're going to interview Peter Annan, who wrote the Great Lakes Water Wars. Oh, and the, the basin comes up in that a lot. So tune in in a couple of weeks to, to listen to that. So that was cool. I'm glad that was a nominee. Um, in 2022, we had uh, the Great Lakes Science Communication. Oh, coloring sheets and paper graphs by uh, Taja Tucker. She did these oh, really nice. cool things. And the Glances had a video series and a story map on Great Lakes Invaders. That's story cool. maps are a theme. Story maps are a theme. They're cool. My 
the challenge with story maps in my mind is it's they're oftentimes I'm not saying this is the case in the ones that were nominated, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure, you know, who's the audience for these yeah. and who's going to use them. That yeah. can be a challenge with them. They can be really neat, but but uh, I would love in fact if you have some great examples of story maps being used, mm-hmm. um I, I would love to see those. So send those in, teach me about the Great Lakes at gmail.com. All right, great. Um Great Lakes. Outreach program of the year. Outreach program of the year. Uh, this is great. Uh, in 2021, Freddy the Gnome, believe it or not, was a outreach program of the year. Runner-up, uh, the Students to Stewards program uh, by at Grand Valley State was the winner that year. That's a new program over there. And then uh, last year, the Great Lakes outreach, uh, the Student Watershed Watch by the Toledo Metropolitan Area Council of Governments. Um, was a really cool program. And then the Thunder Bay Marine Sanctuaries, uh, Get Into Your Sanctuary. Oh, nice. Uh, was a cool program to help people understand what's going on there uh, by our friends at Thunder Bay. And then also Baby Surgeon Release Events just generally. Oh. Yeah. Because oh, those are great things. programs whenever you bring out a baby. Have yeah. you seen a baby surgeon? No. Yeah. Okay. So that was a complete lie. I have seen baby surgeon. We did research on them years ago. Um, we had them like on campus and then we had some at ARL. And they were, so, they were so cute. They were cute. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, this year uh, we have a few different nominees that I think are worth talking about. And they're really good. They are good. They are good. Hit me with your favorite. I have two. Okay. But I'll tell you one of my first ones is the Trash Robot and Drone Project. What? Yeah. Tell me about this. So we have some friends over in Ohio. Um, that were able to get some funding through a lot of different projects, and they put together a robot. It's called a Beebot, and it's a remote-controlled electric sand skimming and sieving device. So it like it goes through the beaches and it removes the sand and collects it, and then from the from the surfaces, right? And then they have a drone um, that's remote-controlled, and it skims the water and it removes floating trash on calm surface water. So anything on the Great Lakes when we have a calm day um, in inland lakes. And it just, it can remove trash down to um, the size of three millimeters, which is super tiny. Yes. It's like things that we need, right? And there's just not enough people. Well, I guess if, you, if the people actually threw their trash in the trash, we wouldn't have this problem. But there's not enough people to go and like, they're not going to go offshore to pick up this trash. And so we've got these tools, these little robots that can go and do it for us. Yeah. No, that is neat. And they use them as part of like programming, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just they have the Bebop. I mean, you got a trash cleaning robot. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. But but um, they have what they call waste characterization events. Um, but they get volunteers. Uh, they got like 140 or 150 volunteer hours um, and reach just hundreds of people with this. And what was also cool, it's a big partnership, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The Council of the Great Lakes Region, Meyer, uh, Ohio Sea Grant, of course, uh, Michigan Sea Grant, Wisconsin. Constant Sea Grant um, and the coastal management programs and stuff. And so it's, it's a lot of partners, too. Yeah. So it's a great story for that. I like that. I like the trash removal robot and the programming around that quite a bit. My other favorite, um, Wisconsin Sea Grant has a beach ambassadors program. Yeah. So it's got this cute little cart and they use it to inform people about water safety, using talking about like water quality conditions and rip currents and dehydrations and hypothermia, things that are important if you're going to the lake and aren't like really informed about that stuff. Yes. And then they encourage people to like check out the data. So before they go out, look at the current um, conditions and weather safety and just, you know, all the things that people should know before they're heading out to the water. Yeah, no, I think that, that's really cool. That is really good because drowning in Great Lakes is a real problem. Yes, it is. Uh, the, kind of surprisingly so, having not when I wasn't from here to see the numbers, and, and so that's that's really important it's stuff. Scary stuff. Yep. Another Wisconsin one was this row redemption thing. Mm. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, so Wisconsin Sea Grant helped to share information uh, with some people in Sweden, the World Wild Fund in Sweden, and um, they got. What, so what they did was they out re- reached out, I guess, to World Wildlife in Sweden when they were mm-hmm. making rankings and, and they helped the World Wildlife Fund recognize that Cisco and um, uh, Lake Whitefish Row were good choices uh, for, for fish eggs. So for people who want to eat fish eggs, um, which a lot of Swedish people do. You ever been to Ikea? They sell them in the tube, like a toothpaste tube. What? Yeah, yep, of fish eggs. And I know this because our director is from Sweden. And goes to Ikea to well, get Well, no. When I go to Ikea, I send him a text and he asks me to bring him some toothpaste tubes of, of fish eggs. And that then, is innovative. Yeah, and then his daughter eats them all up. But uh, anyway, so um, that's cool to make help people recognize sort of the, the you know, 
what a great fishery, you know, yeah. a nice sustainable fishery that is. But I'll be honest, Megan, Wisconsin's won a lot of stuff today. Yes, they very did. Very Wisconsin heavy. So I but think, I mean, they've done these nominations. But if, if we have to just choose one. Yeah, we just got to choose with one. The, let's go with the robot. I think we're going robots. Bebot. Uh, by our friend Jill Bartolota, yeah. turns out, who was in my Seagrant Academy cohort. Was she? Yes, she was. She's uh, a lovely human. Yes, she was. Well, she still is a lovely human. <laughs> this is not the in memoriam. She's not, she has not yet joined the bird sandwich. No. Wait a minute. And, and, and Monty, Monty and Rose. Don't. <laughs> One day, but not yet. Not yet. Uh, Jill can aspire to that. But for now, she will have to uh, uh, settle on being a Lakey winner for Outreach yes. Program of the Year. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Megan, that is our Lakey Awards for 2023. Sorry they're late. It's okay. It's late. Congratulations, everyone. Yeah, congrats to You everyone. all were very deserving. You were. Last year I said I was going to make certificates. Um, I did not make certificates. It's okay. I'm talking with... What do people do with certificates that they get? Do yeah. they actually display them? Not the ones that I was going to make. <laughs> It's a good question. But uh, uh, this year I had another idea. I was talking mm-hmm. to my friend Robin Mayer of the Knowledge Lab. We're actually recording this live in the Purdue Knowledge Lab podcast studio. Cool place. Robin and I are in discussions. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. It's probably not going to happen. So I'm not even going to mention it. <laughs> but uh, so instead of a physical thing that I will actually not make and send to you, what you get instead is my virtual heartfelt congratulations. You know what would be cool? A Lakey sticker. A Lakey sticker. A liquor. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> That, but, yeah. like, I mean, we can't give it to all the ambassadors. We're just giving it to a program. Yeah, yeah. Then we give it to Jill. Yeah, Lakey sticker. We'll, we'll put top people on that next time we have spare budget. Yeah. Yeah. Because I tried making a sticker once and it, it, it was more of a stunker. <laughs> stinker. <laughs> anyway. Teaching about the Great Lakes is brought to you by the fine people at Illinois Indiana Sea Grant. We encourage you to check out the cool stuff we do at iicgrant.org and at ILINC Grant on Facebook, Twitter, also known as X, and other social media. Our senior producer is Carolyn Foley, and Teach Me About the Great Lakes is produced by Hope Charters, Megan Lake Lover Gun, and Rini Miles. Ethan Chitty is our associate producer and our fixer. Right now he's fixing fixing to upload a bunch of forms to the national office. <laughs> our super fun podcast artwork is by Joel Davenport. Thank you, Joel. And our good stickers are made based yes. on that. Yes, not our stunkers, our stinkers. No. The good stickers. The, the show is still reluctantly edited by me, even though I thought I'd fixed it and got ghosted again. The twice ghosted Stuart Carlton, while we find someone to replace the apparently literally irreplaceable Quinn Rose. <laughs> if you have a question or comment about the show, please email it to teach me about the Great Lakes at gmail.com or leave a message on our hotline at 765 496 IISG or 765-496-4474. You can also follow the show on Twitter, also known as X, at Teach Great Lakes, but let's just say that it's not likely to win a lakey anytime soon. Thanks for listening, and keep grading those lakes. Beep, beep.